You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back in to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report. Day 14 of full team practice has officially wrapped as as the Kansas City Chiefs continue to prepare for their first preseason game this Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are actually expected to sign former Chief running back Kareem Hunt to upset all of my dynasty value in rookie running back Kendra Miller. So I'm a little upset about that. But uh, Pete Sweeney joining us live from St. Joseph, Missouri. Sweeney, what's going on? Yeah, we know Derek Carr can't throw it past the 10-yard line, so it's just going to be checked down city to Green Hunt, Steve, maybe next year. Yeah, not not thrilled. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that uh, plays out uh, for the Saints on Sunday when they take on the Kansas City Chiefs in their first preseason action. But uh, getting back to Tuesday's practice for the Chiefs, not practicing was running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He was held out due to an illness once again. Tight end Jody Fortson, of course, defensive tackle Chris Jones, cornerback Legarius Sneed, also not on the practice field, and no wide receiver Kadarius Toney. Um, I want to I want to start with Chris Jones before we get into some of the other injuries, Pete, because uh, Brett Veach does these kind of weekly chats with the beat writers during training camp and had some comments on Chris Jones and you know said that they're still working towards a long term deal, and as of right now, they have no intention of possibly trading the star pass rusher. No, and this is unsurprising, right? I, I think the Chiefs really would like to get something done with Chris Jones. And at the very least, they could simply be saying that because they want the message out to Jones camp that a trade is a non-option. And so this could be a year where if it really does come down to it. He's under contract with the Chiefs, so he would have to play the final year of his deal. And the way that the NFL rules work, the Chiefs would still have control via the franchise tag next year and that probably wouldn't make chris jones happy so i think a little bit of look we want chris jones and the chiefs which i believe they do but also we still do maintain control in 2023 so unless you're willing to just never show up for work which i can't imagine jones would just sit out the rest or or sit out that final year of his contract uh then this is where we're at and the stalemate continues the games i think to an extent continue between the two sides the last you heard from jones they wanted 30 million and they were far apart and so uh we just continue waiting but the good news is there's still a month before the regular season i think Peach was uh, emphasizing that as well and so i know you've been a little hesitant to say it but there's just no way there's no way he's gonna hold out the season i for a player at this stage of his career i understand he wants to get paid and feels like he deserves to get $30 million a year, which I don't disagree with him. He's one of the most impactful individual players in the entire NFL, but at this age sitting out and, and trying to come back next season and, and still say like, Oh, I'm definitively one of the five best defensive players in all of the NFL. Doesn't seem like a smart idea. He is going to play this season for the Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. I, I got to think at a certain point he does. Um, now am I ready to say that 
it definitely isn't just the final year of his contract or do they not come to an agreement and kind of what happened with Orlando Brown where, you know, they just end up playing that, that year out and we'll see what happens next year. But yeah, I, I don't see him being moved. I, I think, I think the most likely scenario for me is the deadline eventually pushes this into happening. Maybe it's not a four or five year contract. Maybe it's a three year contract where there is a little bending on both sides and, Chris Jones is happy and, and, and back with the team with at least a week or two to prepare. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll continue to monitor it as I've been saying every day for what feels like a month now during chiefs training camp. But I, I have to imagine they try to get something worked out at, at some point. Otherwise I, I, th- I do, I could see this getting pushed towards, you know, getting very close to the regular season before we actually see Chris Jones show up for a chiefs practice. But uh, I want to bring up Clyde Edwards-Alaire out again today due to an illness. Missed last week, I, I think, for an illness as well. Um, we've talked about this running back room a, a lot, Pete, and I don't think that Clyde's job is in jeopardy. At first, I, I was kind of thinking that, but I kind of tend to think he's kind of a, a lock just for the depth in the running back room. But with no Isaiah Pacheco still on a limited snap count in practice, wearing non-contact jersey, Jarek McKinnon getting the veteran treatment, limited work, then Eric Prince is getting a ton of run with this Chiefs offense and continuing to solidify that he should be heavily involved in some way and can be a playmaker for the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think that Eric Prince is, in a weird way, more of a lock for the team than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But I also, when I say that, I don't want to, just put out there that I think Clyde would ever get cut. I think he's either on the team or traded. I mean, those are the only two options. There's no just cutting a former first round pick because I, I think the chiefs do see value in him. And I, I think ideally what they may hope is that he shows that value in the preseason. And maybe if there's an injury around the league, we mentioned cream hunt signing with the saints. I know that they have the situation with Kabara where he suspended three games. You know, maybe there's a need for Clyde, a greater need and the chiefs can flip him for like it will be a day three pick or sorry, conditional day three pick, something like that. But I think the most likely scenario is he's just the fourth back on this team. And it's always good to have reliable players at the back end of the room, especially at the running back position. The Chiefs were fortunate that the injuries to Pacheco were at the end of the year and he could play through them, but you just never know. And so I think that was the thought process of keeping Ronald Jones last year. And I think it's going to be the thought process of keeping Clyde this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think the first couple of weeks of camp, I think I was kind of talking myself into, you know, Clyde might be on the roster bubble. But the more and more I think about it, the more I I think he is a lock. I I don't know if there would be significant trade value for a player like Clyde, unless there's a team out there that thinks like we can really get something out of him that he hasn't shown yet in the NFL. But at the very least, he's shown that he's a serviceable veteran running back in this league. So We'll see what happens. I I tend to think he's going to be on this team at least through the 2023 season. But sticking on the offensive side of the ball, uh, it, it seems like the the wide receiver hype. I, I think with all the injuries lately, maybe the wide receiver hype has gotten just a little bit quieter, even though it probably shouldn't. Like, I think Justin Ross is still making plays. Sky Moore is still uh, looking good and getting a lot of first team reps. But Rasheed Rice, it, it seems like had a good day in practice on Tuesday. Yeah, right. Rice looks good. Uh, I. I know nobody wants to hear this, but there's very clearly a pecking order when it comes to the wide receiver room. Uh, you're seeing the majority of the wide receiver reps go to three receivers, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Sky Moore, and then Justin Watson. That's his with Kadarius Tony out of the mix. And a lot of times with the twos, that's when you see 
Justin Ross and Rasheed Rice and Richie James that are playing with Blaine Gabbard. So as camp goes on, I, I think you're actually seeing that more and more. And so um, we'll see if that changes as we go here. I, I think the preseason can change a lot of things. And when it comes to playbook retention and being able to do it in an actual game, and sometimes we, after the first preseason game, we'll see changes like that in the lineup where some guys push to be on the first team where they were performing with the second team. But yeah, I thought good days for, for Rice. I, I think Ross uh, continues to grow and probably keeping seven receivers now. I had mentioned that. I, I know that there was information out there that Kadarius could be ready for week one, which means that would make all this, I, uh, I, all these ideas about who to keep um, a much more inter- interesting conversation because then another cut would have to happen. That would be unforeseen. I think hidden in all these situations with the chiefs and, the roster and now you have the amenahue suspension factoring in where he wouldn't count against the initial 53 i i just think there's going to be maybe a surprise or two when it comes to cuts because they have to figure out ways um to get players onto this roster and i really do think you're looking at seven initially in that wide receiver room and i think what you said about we we really just need to see these guys in a game because i know there there's been a lot of uh overreaction probably to the amount of snaps that justin watson is getting but like that's what we should expect andy reed loves him some justin watson the chiefs really respect his game and like what he brought to the team last season but once we get in a live game action and see justin ross and rasheed rice and the way that they can impact things then we'll have a better idea moving forward of the roles that they might actually have during the regular season for the chiefs offense yeah and i i, I i've seen folks being upset about Justin Watson and, you know, trying to find ways to cut him. The Chiefs would just be throwing away $1.4 million if they cut Justin Watson. Uh, so, again, uh, similar in, in a conversation with, with the Clyde thing, I, I think it would be a trade. I think he's probably more valuable to the Chiefs than anyone around the league, Justin Watson, because of his rapport with Patrick Mahomes and the fact that he really has a great grasp of the playbook and play every position. Man, and I just – it's hard for me to understand all the hate. I mean, it, there was a situation last year, I remind you guys of – with, with Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony was out in the mix. Sky Moore was really heady about the punt return position. And Justin Watson was just plug and play. And I think that was a really big part of the season for the Chiefs because it, the punt returning did cost him a game. Remember the Colts game? And so, I don't know, reliable player for, for the Chiefs. I, I think the big problem that fans may have with him now, especially the chirpier ones on Twitter, is that uh, he would push Justin Ross off the roster. And I, I just don't think that's the case. I came into camp thinking, okay, no way Andy Reid keeps seven receivers. Um, but what has been seen out here has proven otherwise. It's just there's seven receivers when you count Tony getting reps with the first team. So I think that's what they have in mind right now. Yeah. And, and I think them keeping seven wide receivers just speaks to the depth. And we should actually be excited about the fact that the depth looks good enough for them to be like, okay, we have to do it. We can't, we can't cut these guys because they're not going to be available if we release them. So they have to make the 53 man roster. Uh, moving to the defensive side of the ball, still no Legarius Sneed. Uh, he is out of practice, but seems like Steve Spagnolo is really taking advantage of the time without one of their top cornerbacks and really rotating and kind of seeing what he has in different groupings on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's that situation where it's, it's Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams mixing and matching when Legarius Sneed. It, was at practice it was, it was always Trent McDuffie and Sneed and you saw different guys Nazi Johnson was getting some reps with them when Sneed was still on the field we know that Nazi Johnson's lost with the torn uh, ACL and so you're seeing these second year cornerbacks and as you'll hear you know Steve Spagnuolo said Williams and Watson are light years ahead of where they were last year which, which is exactly 
what you want to hear. Also, a lot of buzz about Cooking what he brings to the room uh, in the Spagnuolo press conference today. And, and I, I think Cook is really actually making everyone better back there. He's really got a grasp of the playbook and is ready to make all the calls. He's got a confidence about him, doesn't care if he's knocking the ball away from Travis Kelsey and Kelsey gets mad and then they yell at each other, uh, these two Cincinnati guys. So I think the defensive back room is, is good and it's 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 better than it, – it's in a better place than it was last year because you get, I think you did have a lot of rookies and there was a lot of unknowns, whereas I, I think this year – even with Snead out of the mix right now. And it seems like the Chiefs are optimistic about him. We'll see. Uh, but even with Snead out of the mix right now, they, they feel pretty good about what they have in the back end. Yeah, I mean, thinking back to last year, the all the questions that we have about the Chiefs wide receiver room this year, that was the cornerback room last year. And now right. there is just absolutely no questions about that room. It is pretty much set in stone. So, uh, you know, like to get Legarius Need back on the field, but the Chiefs are going to take it very slow with the veteran, uh, especially he's headed into a contract year. So he probably wants to make sure he is healthy and ready to go, make sure he can play himself into a big payday this next offseason. Um, final thing uh, before we get out of here, Pete, just – can we get a defensive line check in as, you know, no Chris Jones there, but Mike Dan is back at practice. Charles Amenahu suspended for the first six games, but he's back on the practice field. Felix, George, just how did they look at Tuesday? Yeah, I, I think the plan in mind was to have Karloftis and then uh, Chris Jones and Amenahu in the inside. And then the right side, it was going to be Mike Dana. So, Two of two of the four we know are going to play in week one, and it was good to see Dana back at, at practice today. Um, he is he and Morton, as I mentioned, were, were taking reps with the first team um, in eleven on eleven, which we we hadn't seen initially. They were they were kind of easing them back in, and so um, good to see that. I, I think Dana is really important for this team. I, I think he's a guy that they look at um, that could be primed for a breakout season. I feel like they think that Carlosses can just pick up where he left off last year with the, the five and a half sacks in the last seven games. And I, I think they feel okay about the line. You're seeing a uh, Turk Wharton mix in there. We know that it's been Derek Nottie as well. Um, got returner uh, for the chiefs. Uh, you, you're, I think as, as you get guys back here along the line, you'll probably see you know less of the uh, Matt Dickerson's of the world playing next to Derek Nottie, because I, I think, it, you know, when you, you add, um, like a Turk Wharton back in the mix over what would be um, Dickerson or what was Daniel Wise. I, I think you just start to feel better about that room in general. And then, you know, kind of going full circle here with the training camp report, uh, the sooner that Chris Jones can get back in this mix, I think the better everybody is going to feel about these, this team and, and being able to win and an expectation for 2023. Yeah, uh, deservedly. So there is a lot of worry about the defensive line right now. Uh, you know, uh, I already talked about Chris Jones. Like we're talking about one of the five most impactful defenders in all of the NFL. So you want to get him back on the field, but I, I think these reps are, are really valuable for everybody else in that group. And I think Steve Spagnolo, that's why we've been seeing a lot of different rotations, a lot of different looks and all that kinds of stuff, because they're, they're trying to make the most of the time that they don't have Chris here and give those guys as many opportunities as possible. Yeah. And, uh, and it's good for the younger guys to get reps. I mean, if you subscribe to the, to the theory of, of Chris Jones is just this elite player uh, who can come in and, and dominate even with, you know, just two weeks of training camp. And this is a great situation because you're getting a lot of these younger guys that are getting reps against each other. That'll continue along in the preseason game. And so 
even beyond Jones and, and Nadi, with you know players that you kind of know, you'll start to understand what you have uh, deeper in the defensive line room if injuries were to happen during the year. So there's always a solo Steve, right? There's always a, a silver lining, and I think that's it. Yeah. He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sween. If you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure you stick around after the break. We'll hear from Steve Spagnuolo, linebacker Nick Bolton, cornerback Jalen Watson, and tight end Blake Bell. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, as well as check out all of our training camp coverage at arrowheadpride.com. We will be back tomorrow with another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I am Steven Serta. After Tuesday's practice, we heard from defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, linebacker Nick Bolton, cornerback Jalen Watson, and tight end Blake Bell. We'll go in that order, starting with the Chiefs defensive coordinator. Forgot all about it. Um, I just gotta open it up. I'm ready, I'm here for you guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. so Brian's really got to become the quarterback of the defense, him and Nick, and especially the quarterback on the back end. One, th- one good thing about Brian is he's always looking for feedback. Like he came the other day, he wanted to do some more drills. Uh, that's one thing that he's got. We saw that when we uh, were looking at him out of Cincinnati. He's a worker. He loves football, passionate about football, and we're banking on him in that, in that regard. I may be, I'm just a guy who watches. It seems like the defense has done pretty good against the offense this year. Uh, I don't want to put <laughs> I, I remember all the ones that we didn't, weren't successful on, right? We've had our, we've had our moments. Today, uh, the first team period that you saw was third and seven plus. Now, we should, you know, from a statistical standpoint, we should win those. We won, we won a number of those today, which was good. The other day, it was a third and two to four. And those were challenging. We didn't win as many. So today, maybe we had a little bit more success, but it might have been more of the situation. And the thing about that situation, I talked to the guys last night, is, you know, we got to get them in that situation to be able to do what we do. So they've been, they've been working hard. I, I got no complaints with the work effort, and I, I enjoy working with this group. They're eager, very eager group. Are there, are there guys you're particularly interested in seeing play in New Orleans on Sunday? Ah, uh, Obviously, all the young guys that we don't know anything about, we put them all in the same category. Maybe guys that are getting off uh, nicks and bumps and bruises to see where they're at. Uh, None of that. I mean, the guys we know about, certainly, I mean, Coach Reed typically doesn't have them out there too long, but I'm really, I mean, I I think I've probably said this every first preseason game. I'm more, particularly more interested in finding out where we are as a tackling group, you know, 
where we are at eliminating big plays. I mean, you got to do that stuff first before you even think about being any good. Two-part question. One, people talk about how complex your defense is. One, what do you think about the rookies and the, players, the new players coming in, learning where they had in that growth progression? But then also, what are your expectations for year two for the rookies from last year, along with Justin Reed and you know, where they are comfortably in. Yeah, I mean, the expectation, the second part first, the expectation for the guys that have been here is that they would take this thing up a notch and wouldn't make those same mistakes that they made last year at this time. Now, for the most part, that has happened. Uh, but there have been some guys where focus wasn't great. And I, I look at them and say, you know, you made that same mistake last year. You shouldn't be making that now. So that's that group. For the most part, they've been pretty good. The young guys, I think, have done a really good job. There's been guys that have stepped up. You've seen them out here. We're moving Chamari uh, uh, around a little bit. Echo's playing a little bit. A lot of those young guys are getting uh, the volume for them is getting huge now. It's about to get really cut way down because when we play this game, they'll have you know that much of a game plan going in, and we'll just find out what they can do. But. You know, the mental part of it, we always want to challenge them here. And then in these preseason games, to find out what they can do physically, we usually take some of that off of them. Otherwise, we're not going to know where they are athletically in this particular setting. What exactly are you going to be looking for? What are you going to be looking for in these games that you're going to be looking for from in, these players? In who, all of them? Well, yeah, just, you know, the new players. You're only, yeah. got, you're only got three I mean, I'm going to go back to what I just said. To me, the, the first thing I'll talk about Saturday night is tackling. Now, that's the first thing we'll talk about. I might spend the whole 30-minute meeting on it. I just don't, I feel like if we don't do that or come away thinking that we're a decent tackling team, I mean, we're going to be back here, you know, going back to ground zero. So that's going to be the first thing. The mental part of it will be important, but there won't be that much on them. I just want to see if they'll go play. Let's see if they can do, the, the young guys now, let's see if we can do the, they can do the things that we saw them do when they were playing in college. A little bit of that's because of the guys that we have out. But yeah, uh, listen, he, I, the one thing I like about Echo is he responds to really aggressive coaching. There's been a couple of things that he's had to, and he, and he has. I mean, I love working with him. I mean, he's so receptive to everything, and he's given everything he's got. He just needs to learn how to be a pro playing in the secondary. Yeah. It's a it's at times it's up and down, but they're light years ahead of where they were last year. So that part's good. And you know, the in the uh, midst of the middle of training camp, yeah, everybody has a an off play here or there. But the expectations for them are so much higher now. Uh, than they were a year ago, and then we try to keep that expectation up high. You are ready to face somebody different than the same <laughs> yeah. old guys in training yeah. camp? I bet if you asked every one of them, they'd probably say, yeah, it's time to hit somebody else. I mean, and then the other thing is it's, we can't do, you know, quote-unquote real-life football here. We don't, which is very smart to do. We want to keep everybody healthy. But if these guys are really into the game of football, especially defensive football, they should, wanna, they should want that part of it, right? Yeah, I mean, we got, listen, we've had, you know, Charles has been dinged a little bit, Mike's been dinged, um, you know, so we probably don't have the foundation of reps for those guys right now, but George has had a, I look at the play count every day, Terry gives it to me, and his play count's way up, so he's, he's rolling along real good. Malik's got a lot of reps in there, Josh has, and it's been good for those two guys because in the last couple of years they've been here, that hadn't been the case, but we'll see what they do in a game setting. 
Felix, he's going to probably get to work in here. Coach talked about him yesterday. He's getting a little bit more comfortable. Looks like he's letting it loose a little bit. Just what yeah. are your thoughts about what he's done for you out here and also in the media? Yeah, you, you pinned the, I mean, you hit it right on the nose because he does look a lot more comfortable. Volume's heavy for him right now. His, his pitch count has gone up in the last week. Um, a, because of the guys that have been nicked up, but B, because he's kind of earned it. And he's coming along. He missed all that time we talked about in OTAs. But I think he's making up for it now, and hopefully he'll, he'll do that. Good? Thanks, guys. Hello, how you doing? Are you ready to hit somebody in the game? Oh, yes, ma'am, man. I've uh, been overdue. Uh, we've been a couple, a couple third periods, uh, but nothing like the live action and live tackling. So I um, think we're, as a defense, we're kind of excited for that one for sure. Sorry, what do you want to get out of Sunday's game? Yeah, man, I think uh, we come in with a lot out of it. Uh, tackling for once, uh, stopping the run. Uh, run game uh, hasn't really been a, a huge thing uh, in this training camp. Uh, we're more pass-oriented, so I get an opportunity to, to see what, how we compare against the run. Uh, get D linemen uh, inside blocks, linebackers stacking shit, getting off of blocks, and uh, tackling on the perimeter. I kind of feel like those are kind of the big things, especially week one through five. Uh, as a defense, kind of things we kind of going to be on top of uh, to help us out. You expecting to play Sunday? Or? Uh, no, we haven't talked about playing time. Uh, again, many uh, snaps from a lot of go out there, uh, communicate, uh, get people to line, and uh, just have fun and play football again. Hey, how would you compare how the defense has done in this training camp compared to last training camp? Yeah, I feel like uh, this training camp for sure. Uh, I think everybody's a little bit older in the, in the scheme wise. Uh, Jay Reed, second year guy. Um, I'm going in my third year. Willie's fourth year. Sneed's fourth year. So the more communication part. Uh, we left off for coming in from last year to this year uh, is night and day. Uh, everybody's communicating. Everybody feels more comfortable. Uh, we could talk to each other, give people hand signals, and uh, kind of know what each other's thinking. Uh, that kind of helps us out a lot. Uh, so if we can keep doing that, keep building on that, I feel like we'll be in a good position. Today, where it looked like you drew Kelsey in coverage during the live period. Just how difficult is it to defend against uh, Travis? Yeah, man, the greatest in the game. Um, we got opportunity to go against him at 15 every single day. Um, it makes you better. Uh, so as many opportunities as I can. Uh, out in coverage, me, Willie, Drew. Uh, Leo, many times we can line up versus uh, Trav and the rest of the uh, tight ends and, and Pat throwing the ball. And those will help us out down the long run. So, uh, again, uh, we know he's greatest in the game, and uh, he's earned that recognition. You obviously know how the guys who've been around here for a while can tackle. For these these rookies, you've really never seen them tackle yeah. anyone, right? Where, how excited are you to see some of those guys to see what they can do on that end of the game? Oh, yeah, I'm excited for sure. Uh, we got a lot of young rookies that came in, uh, learned the scheme, and uh, kind of helped themselves uh, Get the scheme part down. They can just learn about, uh, strictly learn about playing just football and just hitting, tackling, uh, making plays out in space and trying to get them back to where they were. Uh, to all the rookies, that the, the goal is try to mentally get to the part where you can feel like you're back in college again. Or you just go out there and line up, you hit a pause, you just go out there and you just play. Um, so if we get, get those guys uh, to that point, I know we'd be uh, good and set up for the rest of the season. One of the things that uh, Spags had mentioned was talking about Brian Cook and how he's coming yeah. along. He's going to play a lot more this for year. Sure. What's your uh, connection with him been like? Him back there behind you, kind of quarterback in that department. Yeah, man. Uh, B. Cook, man, is a vocal guy. I, I mentioned earlier that uh, he said something that uh, he might be completely wrong, but it makes you believe he's 100% right. Uh, but uh, more times than not, he's 100% right. So, uh, again, getting guys lined up and uh, communicating, man, and make sure everybody's on the same page. And uh, if he sees something, uh, he think he can help me out, or vice versa, man, he communicates that out loud. And uh, there's open communication between everybody on the football field. So, I know having him is making us a great football team. Nick, how's the linebacker room coming together? Just consider you guys do different things well, and you guys are interchanging some of the personnel. Just how do you feel about the room as a whole? Yeah, I man, I feel like we're just we're growing us together, trying to figure out what each other uh, does the best. Uh, how do we make each other better? Uh, I feel like that's how it takes time, um, but I feel like we're in a great spot. Uh, we know uh, got which guy brings what to the table, and um, we just kind of maximize that as much as we can. And um, you see how the season takes us, and see how different packages and stuff works out down the line. But for right now, uh, again, we were just worried about trying to get our run fits down, uh, pass zone coverages, and uh, yeah, just coming together as a unit. Nick, Travis, Kelsey, 
always happy with being defended. As defenders, does that just help build up a young team that no matter who you're facing, you've got to do your job, you've got to get the ball away, you know, that kind of thing when you're playing guys like this? Yeah, man, uh, uh, I tried as a little older guy, man, so he, he, he's a little older, man, so uh, a couple little, little little hits at the ball through the whistle, man, uh, probably aggravates a little bit, but again, we're going to be a defense, take the ball away, and um, just, just be aggressive mindset on defense, and um, I think that's how you do anything, it's how you do everything, and so, uh, again, those guys attacking the football, man, so we want to preach and uh, get the ball back to our offense as many times as possible. Uh, right now, I understand he might not like it now, but we're getting the ball back in the regular season, man, I know he'll love it, so uh, we're going to keep at it. Last Nick, you sense different confidence this year out here against going into a really good offense? Yeah, I think uh, kind of a testament to, to our coaches, uh, how, how much time people have put in the offseason. Uh, granted, we played at the end of February, so our downtime wasn't as much as it, as it was the year before. So uh, guys kind of picking up where we left off and just understanding the communication and what we're trying to do in the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, I kind of help think that's kind of helped us propel ourselves to where we are right now. And then uh, going against our offense, you, have, you know what they bring to the table, uh, the best in the league at what they do. So uh, we can go out there every single day and compete, uh, make everything contested. Even if they do catch the ball, make it contested, and uh, that'll help, help us down the road. Nick, you set some you set some high goals for the season. You want to be a top ten defense. Just what do you got to see out of the guys in the first preseason game to know you're kind of on the right track to getting there? Yeah, man, I just get a line uh, assignment wise, communication, and just tackling uh, and, and get the ball back to the offense. Uh, create turnovers, and uh, we can do those four things, five things. Uh, I think we'll be pretty good. All right, thanks, guys. Yep, thank you. I'm super, I mean, everything just slows down in the process, just seems a lot slower than it did last year, just everything happening so fast and the offense moving so fast. Now that I know what I'm doing and the guys I'm playing next to, I can move more fast and be more comfortable. Spence says that you know, the one thing he really looks for the second year guys is being able to put back from behind the second man of rookies and forward. How do you feel you're doing with that as far as, you know, I just try to stay consistent. I think that's what um, Coach Spaz looks for, who can he trust on the field. And that's what I try to do when um, we practice. I try to show that the coaches can trust me to be in the right spots and the right places, and my teammates can too. There's a lot of good things to say about Brian Cook and, and his leadership back there. What have you seen as far as growth from him? Uh, yeah, um, Brian's always been a person that, you know, has always been in the playbook, knows what he's doing back there. He stayed um, – Loud and confident last year behind Juan as well, so we knew if he went down, Cook would be the next man ready. And um, he's just continuing to do that this year. He's been a leader, putting us in the right positions, and he's doing a great job. Yeah. This first preseason game actually get the chance to make a little more contact. And stuff. How much are you looking forward to facing other faces? I'm very excited. Um, you know, training camp, we kind of get tired of each other. We've been here so long, get tired of playing the same players, and um, you get to play another opponent, so that's always fun. We get to tackle, hit a little bit, get our pads worn back up, so it should be a great time. Anything else? All right. Thank you, guys. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's always fun to come out here and work against teammates and stuff, but um, I think most of guys would say the same thing. We're kind of ready to hit somebody else. One of the things that Coach Spags talked about was, you know, trying to see if his guys can tackle. Training camp's every night. You guys don't get tackled out there. I guess this is good to not tackle out here, but what's it going to feel like for you to get tackled in the game, too? That's that whole side. Yeah, I think it's different. You know, here you got guys coming up and trying to thud you and hitting you up high. 
a lot of times in the games you got those safeties coming, trying to get your ankles and knees for some of those bigger guys. So, uh, uh, but it's fine. You know, you get good workout here still too. You know, sometimes in short yardage goal line we go live. Um, not that that's like really crazy tackling, but that's still going live. But yeah, I think we'll be excited to get out there and uh, especially the defense hit some dudes. Like the change, Steve has uh, not really. Um, you know, there might be some stuff where we move around a little bit, but um, Coach Mel and the office of staff doing a great job of kind of moving all of us around a little bit. Noah, you see him back there doing stuff, um, doing a great job, and uh, we got a great room, so all the guys can do everything. You mentioned guys are going to you know, chop our shell as we're going out there, and it seems like everybody tries to do that with Travis. Do you kind of get why, you know, sometimes Travis is like, okay, enough's enough? Yeah, I think so. I mean, after a while, uh, you know, you got guys coming, and, and listen, I get it. You know, the defensive staff is preaching, get the ball out, get the ball out. And it's training camp, you know, you get in the dog days a little bit, and the heat's going, and, uh, you know, someone catches you right in the rib, you might you might get a little feisty. So I'm sure that's what happened, but uh, I know he's talked to the guys, and um, it is what it is. Last year, you got injured in the preseason and lost a lot of the year. How much better are you feeling now? How, how excited are you to be healthy at this time of year? I'm feeling good. I really am. Um, you know, just trying to get back this offseason, trying to stretch and, and uh, you know, keep my body loose a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I'm feeling good. Uh, such a freak injury. And and uh, doctors did a great job last year getting me fixed up. And uh, uh, the trainers did a great job, too, as well. So I'm feeling great, ready to roll. How frustrating was that process last year for the team's doing so well and you're pushing to get back and you're able to watch that? Yeah, it's, it, was, it was hard. But, uh, you know, that was my goal each and every day is trying to get better and and try to stay focused because, you know, some of those days you come in and you're like, man, what am I doing? I'm not playing. Uh, but that's how those injuries work, man. You just got to keep your head down and keep fighting and uh, work to get back on the field. We're watching Patrick work on his behind-the-back kind of stuff. Are there things we're going to see in this offense this year? Is it evolving to even more fun things? We call them fun. You might call them challenging. But... Yeah, I mean, always, you know, I think that's what's great about the, the offensive staff. They're always thinking, you know, you see the the uh, ring around the rosy deal and plays like that. Um, but that's why they do such a great job. And then all of a sudden they give it to us. And, you know, Pat does a great job of just making everything fun in the huddle and, and doing these type of plays. So you never know. We'll see. You never know where 15's throwing it, so you got to be ready at all times. <laughs> Well, I always say, you know, I don't know how many we got six. I'd like all six of us if we could, but, uh, you know, I know we got 13 personnel, we got 14 personnel, so, uh, but if you ask any of us tight ends, we want as many as we can on the field, all times. Anything else?